Each year, thousands of people take part in National Get Outside Day. It sees them joining Ordnance Survey's campaign to help more people be active outdoors. Having like a good network of friends is a good way to make sure that you can be more active and go out more. Because we know that although we want to spend time outside, sometimes things just get in the way. So on this, the Get Outside podcast's National Get Outside Day edition, we're hearing from fans of the outdoors who are refusing to let mobility issues stop them. He's done 3,665 miles in his chair since he was three. And we're hearing from families facing challenges about some of the things that can help. Left my wife in New Orleans with 40 kids and a can of baked beans, thought it was right, right. So why not head to getoutside.uk to see how you can join in and keep listening to hear inspiring stories and practical tips on how we can all get a little more outdoors into our everyday lives. Hello, my name is Joseph and I am eight. I'm Michael and I'm Joseph's father. And I'm Liz and I'm Joseph's mum. And down here we have... This is Ezekiel, Joseph's little brother, who's two. Who won't say a word is my bet. Hello, Ezekiel. (laughs) So, Liz, Michael and Joseph, a statistic for you. There are nine million people who are already active outdoors, but there are 20 million who'd love to be more active outside but aren't. So to help those who aren't link up with the people who are, Ordnance Survey has come up with National Get Outside Day. And we're asking, will you go out with me? And the idea is it helps those who are already active outside team up and head outdoors with someone who isn't. So, Joseph, what kinds of outdoors things do you do already? So we sometimes go up the hill and to the park and Salisbury to do football and through. And tell me, Joseph, about your chair, because you use a wheelchair, don't you? Yes, can't go on the sand. It's not really built for our terrain, but we take on all terrain. But you work it hard, don't you? You've done, as I'm looking at it now, he's done 3,665 miles (laughs) in his chair since he was three. So uh, we're looking to get a new one soon, which we'll be able to take and be able to do a bit more. One of the limitations with this chair sometimes is the, the battery power. So we always have to, when we do go out and about, we have to consider it, whether we can recharge the chair or whether we just need to sort of rein in a little bit. So one of the things that we do do, we go up to London as well by train, but it, it's, it can be limited. We've had some scary times where we've been down on the red of the battery trying to get back to Waterloo in the rain. <laughs> Um, so so that can be a limitation, can't it, sometimes? Do you enjoy using your chair? I noticed you just came out of the house and you whizzed down the path. Yeah, it's all right. It's not the best chair, but it's, it's all right. It's been a good friend, hasn't it, over the years? We tend to sort of go out and drive and we go to National Trust places, uh, Stourhead being one of them and uh, what else do we do we go camping and when we go camping we do lots of things like go on the beach in a in a beach chair specially adapted for people with disabilities and we take him in the sea with it and we do nice walks around the lake and what he does like he likes the outdoor space so when we go camping the reason why we go camping is because we can take all our own stuff he has big fields to play on and 
go crazy with other children on the campsite. Tell me a little bit more about what you enjoy about some of the, the beach and getting in the sea. Well, I like to get wet and to uh, be hit by waves. It's <laughs> That's mostly all, but... You're a bit crazy. We have to get other people. We often have other friends come and join us when we go camping just to help with getting all the equipment down and then uh, being brave enough to take Joseph out into the sea. So different friends have different styles as to how they crash in and out of the waves and and Joseph seems to enjoy all of that. So it's good fun. And I stand on the the side of the beach with Ezekiel watching. I'm a little terrified at times, but you you seem to have a good time. So, do you want to show me this fine van? Well, it's got electric doors and it's got a lift. What are these things here? Those are the clamps that hold my chair on. And then you can sit in there, all comfy. There's a table in the middle of those two seats that when it's a rainy day or we just want to eat hot cup of tea and biscuits, we can set that table up. And Joseph, what is it you like about getting out and about? Well, it's, um, I like building up my mileage and just looking, basically. Um, what do you want to be when you grow up? An explorer. An explorer? Yes. Where do you fancy exploring? Anywhere, basically, underwater or in the air or anywhere. And when you get out and about, are you already effectively a bit of an explorer? Yeah. You are, because exploring is just discovering somewhere new. And sometimes it's discovering new things about somewhere you know. Yes. And what do you like about open space? Yeah, I can just whiz around in there. Yeah. You have a lot of freedom, don't you? And your little brother goes charging around after you as well, so it's nice to see them in a safe open space, being able to just do what children do and be brothers together. Mm. That's that's really special. And getting down on the beach, the fact that we can still get down onto the beach um, is, is fantastic that they can be together. Joseph builds the castles and Ezekiel knocks them over. You know, that sort of thing. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking, if you've done how many how many miles was it again? Three thousand six hundred sixty-five. So if Joseph, you've done three thousand six hundred and sixty-five miles, that must mean that you, parents, have done. It's right? a bit like when you take a dog out for a walk; they do four times more running than you do. So you're walking in the straight line; he'll then decide to go off and see something and come back and go off and come back and go off and come back and zigzags around and circles (laughs) and one of the things he does love doing and there's a few towns which have them they have these water fountains which come up from the pavement and he just loves sort of playing with those really Mm. so he spends probably does about three miles just going in and out and around and trying to get wet or not get wet we went Um, up to london we went to the queen elizabeth park where the olympics were and outside there i mean it's all free and that that was a great thing but that's where we first discovered these fountains and at first we thought we couldn't because of the water and electrics i was just thinking that yeah yeah. (laughs) so you were sort of slight intrepidation but then they've they're spaced enough for joseph to be able to weave in and out of them so he's close enough to the water to be able to get his hands wet and get sprayed on but um the the shoots of water weren't actually going up his chair so that, that we did waste a lot of battery power in Stratford and then that was the beginning of the panic of how do we get back to the station but uh, but we did we, we made it
then. You're very reliant on information and people saying whether something's accessible or not. And it can often be that the smallest thing that somebody's forgotten that can limit us sometimes. So you get all the way around and then there's steps which take you to the next bit, which obviously he can't access, so then you have to go all the way back. And, and that's what power. uses up all the <laughs> battery powers. And the other problem is there's lots of drop curves to get you on one side of the road, but they're not opposite where you need to get back onto the pavement. So that's the other issue. So you tend to do a lot more walking around, trying to find access to get you across roads or back to where you wanted to get to and, and everybody else can do shortcuts which obviously you can't do that in a power chair so yeah. and to an extent i suppose I and mean, it would not be exactly the same but it might be a little bit similar if someone's got a substantial push chair mm. so you you do have to think ahead as to how busy a place it will be you need to think ahead about where you can get into to to be able to eat and things like that and ask toilets. the questions toilets is a big thing we we also plan a lot of our visiting we have to look at the changing places toilets so changing places is a great movement where they're developing toilets with hoists and changing tables that are bigger space which we are going to need more and more if people are listening to this what sort of top tips would you have for getting outside being prepared and getting all the things you need that like if you need a water bottle or something like that Food plays quite a big role. We, we always have picnics and have things ready. And in our vehicle, even if the weather is a bit drizzly, it, it's a great space where we can actually all sit in. And we have a little cooker that we travel with that Michael's very proud of with his kettle. And we make up hot chocolates and, and create an occasion out of just... And then you can just look out of the window at the rolling waves or whatever. So we found our beaches where we can just go and, and enjoy watching other people, you know, getting wet and... and being blown about um, and, and see different places and I think from my perspective as a mum is, is that I'd like the boys to be able to to get out and experience all sorts of different things so that they can discover their world they can go through the woodlands they can go down onto the beach if we can try and climb up to high places and see a view it's about opening that experience up and building those memories that they will look back on and go back to when they're in their adulthood and continue that with their children. I, th I think that's that's really special, that's important. That's what I've had, so it's good to, to be able to have that. Well, all kinds of things can be blocks to us getting outside and all kinds of people can help us take part in National Get Outside Day. I've now travelled to Torbay in South Devon to some flats run by Sanctuary Housing. I'm Charlotte. Karis, I'm Karis. I'm Marie. Who else have we got in the room? Talk us through it, Charlotte. We have the two babies and two older children and lots of toys. Tell me first of all, what's, what's your little one called and how old is she? Her name's Halima and she's nearly two. And yours? Elsie and she's 18 months. I've got Clay who's 20, Holly that's 13 and then Sophia that's 9. And we've also got here... Hi, I'm P and I'm a Get Outside champion. I've got three children, they are 26, 28 and 30 this year. What we were going to talk about today was the challenges of how much getting outside stuff can you do with youngsters. So what, what do you find, what do you tend to do? Go shopping, come home and then in the evening take my daughter to the park. What can be the things that can make it a little bit harder to get out and about with youngsters? I think 
harder is weather and stuff so like I get really anxious about if it's really hot I don't like to have her out for too long because she doesn't keep a hat on and she hasn't got much hair <laughs> and then I worry that she's gonna get really hot and bothered and end up sunburnt and putting sun cream on she screams and so it's just things like that and I prefer to go out like with other people as well <laughs> like if I'm on my own I get quite sort of like anxious about it so or if the weather's really bad obviously it's the opposite I worry about her being cold or absolutely and one of the reasons that Fee is here is because you've sort of you've been through a bit of this haven't you so how on earth do you get around that because that's really quite difficult isn't it it's, it's a tricky one i used to take my lot to the beach in the evening so we'd, we'd hit the beach when everybody was going but it did mean that the downside was that they were really tired by the time we got home <laughs> and they were a little bit on the grumpy side and it kind of set the schedule out a bit are those little sunsuits yeah. is that does that any help or yeah, not so i have like that they're, they're the swimming costumes i always buy for elsie like the 50 UPS ones or whatever yeah. but it's her head I think that stresses me out the most because she just will not keep a hat on oh. so and most of them come with like sun hats which are lovely but keeping it on her head is like next to impossible we tend to do a lot together I'm her big sister so and obviously having older children so I know that it's kind of having that advice from someone else tends to calm her down a little bit yeah. <laughs> and that's great it's a point you said about actually having people to sort of go out with yeah definitely. yeah does that make quite a difference to you i think yeah definitely having like a good network of friends is a good way to make sure that you can be more active and go out more remind me again the the age range of your youngsters uh, i've got 20 year old 13 and nine so you've been through sort of three different stages of the early days i would say with my eldest child it was really difficult because i was quite a young mum I didn't really, none of my friends had younger children, so, but I was lucky because there's only actually four years difference between my sister and my son, so I did a lot with my family. And then when I had Holly, I had a really good close friendship group, so we all went out together. I think the difficulty I have now is having a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old trying to find something to do. The 13-year-old doesn't actually like leaving a bedroom, to be honest, or the house, she's kind of likes to be in on her phone, on the telly, so that is a difficulty. And that, we hear that so often. Yeah, and it's really hard because you, sometimes you make them come, but then you have a child that's got a face that's like um, the whole time, so you've dragged them out, then you then get stressed, which then kind of puts a damper on the whole day. So it is, it's a real difficult kind of mix, really, in trying to get them so that we do go out and she has a rule that she has two times a week she's got to leave the house at some point <laughs> which uh, so many parents will be going yes yeah. we know just <laughs> what you're saying yeah. yeah and have you found that helped establishing that as a kind of uh, you know as a thing I shall tell you shortly because it's a relatively new thing with the summer holidays so we shall see yeah <laughs> It's really difficult, isn't it? And also, I was thinking about, quite often people say that if you've got one youngster who is maybe nine and one who's three, then they're at very different sort of stages of how far they can walk. Was that ever an issue along the way? Yeah, we kind of used to 
do little games along the way. When they were younger, we used to do, we used to call them Dora Explorer Days. Gary's come on many of those, where it's little adventures to just try and keep the little ones' minds going so they walk a little bit further and then maybe getting the bus back. I drive now, so it's a little bit easier. So we park as close as we can and then letting the older ones maybe go a little bit further without you. I suppose it's knowing your child as well. So my children were never ones that ran off, whereas one of my friend's children, he's a runner. You literally look one way and he's gone. And it, trying new things, I suppose, as well. You remember that one that you used to make me and Clay do when we used to walk to your house and your house was up that really long road, like right at the end? Yeah. And you used to do the one where it was like left, oh, left, left, oh, left, yeah, left. My wife in New Orleans with 40 kids and a can of baked beans thought it was right. Right, right from my country, whoopsie daisy, left. Because you, so you walk with like your left foot, left foot, and then right foot when it, and I remember doing that when I was like probably about seven with Marie, and I was like, I don't want to walk anymore. Yeah. Look at you two, that's taken you right back, hasn't it? I love that. And the Dora the Explorer days. Tell me about them, what happened with them? Holly, which is Marie's 13 year old, she was obsessed with Dora the Explorer. So, whenever we were like going anywhere or doing anything, we always used to say it was a Dora adventure. We'd have no idea what we were going to do or where we'd end up. Sophie, <laughs> listening to that, did that bring anything back? The left, right, left, right, etc. It did actually. I, I remember the days of three children, one in the pushchair, one not wanting to walk very far, the other one kind of hanging onto the back of the pushchair. And we lived at the bottom of a hill. I remember that really well. Wherever we went, we had to go up the hill. And it was, it was hard work. You can make up adventures on the way, can't you? You can kind of like, what, what can you see? What's around that corner? Oh, I think I can see. We used to do lots of um, not treading on the cracks in the pavement. That was a big one. And there's a lovely A.A. Milne poem about if ever you walk down the London street, be ever so careful to watch your feet. And it's all about not treading on the cracks in the pavement. So we used to do that quite a lot. And I'd have prizes in my pocket. I didn't want to give them too many sweets, so I normally had bits of cheese to give them. I remember going around with little plastic boxes of cheese in my pockets all the time. <laughs> adventure cheese. Adventure cheese. We, we actually did call it adventure cheese. And we sometimes used to um, go, I'd call it an expedition, and we'd, they'd each have a little rucksack. And the only things in the rucksack were lovely things, and like cheese and a little drink and nothing heavy or anything like that. And they used to quite like that. And we sometimes would literally just go around the corners of the park and then once they'd walked to the park, they were allowed to sit down and open their expedition rucksacks. That sounds lovely. Sophie, remind me how old you are. I'm seven. You're seven, and how old are you? Nine. And what were you talking about earlier? Were you talking about, it's like a horse, but it's not a horse, it's a magical horse. Were you talking about those earlier? The unicorns? Yeah, the unicorns. Do you like unicorns? Yeah. So when you go for walks like, in the woods or on the beach, do you think you might ever see signs of unicorns? I don't think so because I think unicorns are really like secret, oh. so they don't, I don't think they'll leave any signs, but if they do, I would love it. I was going to say, it might be worth looking out for them, mightn't it? Because you never know, do you? It could be a unicorn hoof print, or maybe they don't leave hoof prints because they're flying. I don't know. What do you like doing? Do you like going to do you like going to the park or the beach? Where's, where's your favourite space outside? I like going to um, the park and um, seeing my friends. But um, 
I I also like when they have like the stalls which you can do outside where you can um like a summer fair but not at school in like a field or something and when they do the slip and slide. I like building like big sandcastles but and once with my cousin when we went to the beach I made this giant creature thing and I also love the beach because of the sea because I love swimming and going like swimming but I don't like swimming lessons because you don't get to go like free with swimming and I prefer being like free with it. Now Fee does a little bit of swimming don't you Fee? I love swimming in the sea and I'm I decided a few years ago that I wasn't going to just do it in the summer, so I go and swim in the sea in the winter as well. It's a bit chilly. But I, th- I agree with you. I like it in the sea better than swimming pools because you can sort of do the sorts of things you want to, can't you? Looking at the youngsters looking at the map, it's amazing, isn't it? They found where they live on a, you know, it's a normal, it's an ordnance survey map. It surprised me, because I'm going to hand on heart say, we don't have maps. Once we gave them those clues, and then that was it, they've gone with it, haven't they? It's pretty cool, actually. So, Fee, I'm wondering, did hearing those families working through how to support each other in being more active outdoors, did that bring back quite a lot of stuff for you? Yeah, and lots and lots of memories, happy ones, but also of how tricky it can be getting outside with a young family. You've got a lot to think about. You want, you want to think that they're going to enjoy themselves. You want to know that you're not going to come back completely exhausted and unable to cope at the end of the day. And also, you do spend quite a lot of time worrying about whether you're doing the right thing or not. And so, yeah, it's a bit of a minefield, really. And I wonder if these days it might even be even more of a minefield in terms of that sense of people judging or feeling that people are judging. And maybe that social media, you know, if you put on a post and you get a, lot of, a few people raising eyebrows or whatever, it, it feels as if, you know, you can be judged a bit easier, which isn't always a comfortable thing. Yes, I, I think one of the most difficult things about being a parent is the worry that you're not getting it right and that other people think you're doing it wrong and the lady was talking about worrying about putting a sun hat on her baby and her baby pulling it off you kind of she's stuck really because if she doesn't go outside she'll feel like she's doing it wrong and if she does she'll feel like she's doing it wrong because the baby won't put her sun hat on so it can become difficult I think you just have to be brave enough to get through that and say I'm doing my best as a parent this is what I'm doing and I'm trying to do the best for my children and what was great was seeing the support networks that they had amongst each other and sometimes you know family isn't always around but is it about tapping into support networks where you can find them whatever they might be 
I think it absolutely is and um, support networks made a big difference to me. I had lots of very nice friends and even just a simple thing like going to the beach with another friend with children. Even if that just means you can go off to the toilet if you need to without taking three children off the beach and all of your gear. So yeah, it can make a huge difference and maybe that's where social media could be a positive thing and have a positive impact. You know, you can find out events that are going on, you can meet like-minded people. But yeah, I definitely think support has got to be, you know, you can, it can be mutual support. You can support each other in parenting and getting outside. And things like the costs of it is also as well. And also all of that creativity is working out the things that will make that walk something that the youngsters might want to do. What are the tricks there? I think, yeah, little creative tricks, maybe going with what you know your kids are enjoying. So we had two young ladies who were really interested in their unicorns. So maybe the concept of a unicorn hunt is a really good one. You could be talking about unicorn habitat and what sort of clothes do they like to wear? What do they like to eat? Can we find some of those berries for the unicorn? Or our collecting is always good, have a little collecting bag. Some people have collecting sticks. So they have a stick with a bit of string on and they poke things that they find on their walk into the stick on the way. You can tell a story on the way, that's a good thing to do, using things that you can see. So you could say, look at that rock out there, is that a monster? And you could build the monster into your story. Not too many monsters, obviously. We need some good guys in the story as well. Singing's a great one. But again, it's, it's as a parent, especially if you're the only adult out with the children, that's a lot of pressure. You're in charge of entertainment, you're in charge of nutrition, you're in charge of clothing you're in charge of which direction they're going you're in charge of getting there in the first place and then when you get home you've got you're in charge of sorting it all out so really well done to the parents who are getting the kids out there and maybe we could all encourage people a little bit more and offer them a bit more help i reckon parents are doing a lot better than they sometimes fear i think all parents are doing better than they fear we never feel like we're the perfect parents but my children tell me that i did a good job now that they're grown up and I just have to take their word for it because there were lots of times when I thought I wasn't. So that's an insight into the help and inspiration you can provide year-round just by asking friends and family, will you go out with me? You can also prepare to join in the activities and events on National Get Outside Day itself. And whenever and wherever you'd like to get active outside, head to getoutside.uk for information, inspiration, hints and tips.